Roby walked at the same pace for an hour. At the end of that hour, he looked up and saw it. The ladder with the markings D-N-E-E-H-T. The end, spelled backward. He did not smile at someone's idea of a lame joke. Killing people was as serious as it got. He had no reason to be particularly happy. He put on the blue jumpsuit and hard hat that were hanging on a peg on the tunnel wall. Carrying his knapsack on his back, he climbed the ladder and emerged from the opening. Roby had walked from midtown to uptown entirely underground. He actually would have preferred the subway. He entered a work zone with barricades erected around an opening to the street. Men in blue jumpsuits, just like his, worked away at some project. Traffic moved around them, cabs honking. People walked up and down the sidewalks. Life went on. Except for the guy back at the park. Roby didn't look at any of the workers, and not a single one of them looked at him. He walked to a white van parked next to the work zone and climbed in the passenger side. As soon as his door thunked closed, the driver put the van in gear and drove off. He knew the city well and took alternate routes to avoid most of the traffic as he worked his way out of Manhattan and onto the road to LaGuardia Airport. Roby climbed into the back to change. When the van pulled up to the terminal's passenger drop-off, he stepped out, dressed in a suit, with briefcase in hand, and walked into the airport terminal. LaGuardia, unlike its equally famous cousin JFK, was king of the short-haul flights, handling more of them than just about any other airport outside of Chicago and Atlanta. Roby's flight was very short, about 40 minutes in the air to D.C., barely enough time to stow your carry-on, get comfortable, and listen to your belly rumble because you weren't going to get anything to eat on a flight that brief. His jet touched down 38 minutes later at Reagan National. The car was waiting for him. He got in picked up the Washington Post lying on the back seat, and scanned the headlines. It wasn't there yet, of course, although there would be news online already. He didn't care to read about it. He already knew all he needed to know. But tomorrow the headline on every newspaper in the country would be about the man in Central Park who had gone out to jog for his health and ended up dead as dead could be. A few would mourn the dead man, Roby knew. They would be his associates, whose opportunity to inflict pain and suffering on others would be gone, hopefully forever. The rest of the world would applaud the man's demise. Roby had killed evil before. People were happy, thrilled that another monster had met his end. But the world went on, as screwed up as ever, and another monster, maybe even worse, would replace the fallen one. On that clear, crisp morning in the normally serene Central Park, his trigger pull would be remembered for a while. Investigations would be made, diplomatic broadsides exchanged, more people would die in retaliation, and then life would go on. And serving his country, Will Roby would get on a plane or train or bus or, like today, use his own two feet and pull another trigger or throw another knife or strangle the life out of someone using simply his bare hands. And then another tomorrow would come, and it would be as though someone had hit a giant reset button, and the world would look exactly the same. But he would continue to do it,
and for only one reason. If he didn't, the world had no chance to get better. If people with some courage in their hearts stood by and did nothing, the monsters won every time. He was not going to let that happen. The car drove through the streets, reaching the western edge of Fairfax County, Virginia. It pulled through a guarded gate. When it stopped, Roby got out and walked into the building. He flashed no creds and didn't stop to ask permission to enter. He trudged down a short hall to a room where he would sit for a bit, send a few emails, and then go home to his apartment in D.C. Normally after a mission, he would walk the streets aimlessly until the wee hours. It was just his way of handling the aftermath of what he did for a living. Today he simply wanted to go home and sit and do nothing more exacting than stare out his window.